Welcome to the Body, Mind, Spirit Radio Network. Journey with us as we speak with mystics, researchers, artists, teachers, healers, gurus, and great masters. Delving into the topic of metaphysics, new discoveries from science, and ancient mysteries. Body Mind Spirit Radio Network can be found online at www.bmsradionetwork.com. Visit us for more news and information. Today we have a very special guest with us, Makita Gabriel. Makita is the founder and director of Power Energetics International, a highly innovative and successful corporation that offers training, retreats, workshops and classes in power energetics, energy mastery and intuitive leadership. Makita is the creator of the revolutionary Pari Energy Workout Series and Power Energetics Healing System. Makita Gabriel pioneered the Pari, an energy workout for body and soul, a revolutionary exercise wellness program comprising of a series of workouts that energize, tone, rejuvenate and harmonize the body on all levels. Makita is a leading energy therapy educator and professional intuitive advisor. Makita's passion is to inspire greatness to humanity through the awakening of energy consciousness and wellness. I have always spoken about Makita Gabriel whenever I've been interviewed as a psychic talking about my psychic and spiritual journey. So indeed my friends, today we are blessed to have someone so powerful yet extremely humble as our special and spiritual guest. Welcome to the show Makita. Thank you Gaia. Um, it's an honor and definitely when you uh, when you called me it was just um, beautiful to see how much um, you had incorporated a lot of um, your own essence in what you're doing today so thank you so much and it is a pleasure to be here thank you makita could you now makita tell us a bit about how you got into this work a bit about your background okay I started to um, see and feel um, a lot of what we call more the vibrational universe today, even though when I was young I didn't really have the words um, to describe what I was seeing and perceiving. I started about when I was about seven years old, and um, one of the experiences um, that I had was being able to just center myself even as a child and it was like I was listening to uh, the universe speaking um, when I would stand next to someone or even be in the presence of, uh, of people so really it started way back as a little girl and for me being clairaudience is probably one of the, the strongest um, ways uh, of perceiving uh, what is occurring, and definitely the perception is, is always based on, uh, for all of us, it's based on an intuitive uh, perception of what's happening, and definitely the, 
the first 45 seconds um, that comes into our focus where um, we go more with the intuitive um, self or the inner self um, speaking thus rather than our cognitive mind. So starting way back there um, and then leading me to um, the field of nursing because um, that's what I trained at as a nurse and also as a counsellor, as a life coach. Um, and it wasn't really until about 18, a very short space um, when I was 18, uh, through a lot of uh, physical, emotional, mental turmoil, as it does uh, for, for many of us, that mm-hmm. um, my um, path started to to reveal itself. So I started the readings um, effectively when I was about 24, mm-hmm. and I left um, nursing um, and really came into my own, even as a young woman, to know that there was something um, that was calling me that was deeper than um, caring um, and working in a hospital as much as I have immense respect for um, the medical community. Mm-hmm. There was something inside that was um, etching me to um, really start to explore the power of healing and the power of energy. Now, I have um, a passion for the vibrational universe, mm-hmm. as I would call it, and definitely I'm very fluent in the language of energy, even though I don't have a mental understanding of what is occurring other than definitely an intuitive um, knowing of, um, of what is. So that's really how I started. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Now, could you tell us a bit about what an energy reading is? Absolutely. An energy reading is essentially um, an intuitive interpretation of what exists in the energy field. Now, the energy field is not dissimilar to a library. It um, stores information and not um, dissimilar also to a conventional library. It has certain sections um, in that library. So if we took the energy field, like the body, storing information, those sections in the library are essentially the chakras or the energy centers of the body. Each section represents an aspect of our lives. And there is tremendous um, opportunity to connect with um, the reality Mm -hmm. of life, whether that be physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Now, when you go into a conventional library, even though it's alphabetically ordered, there's a sense of knowing that if you go to, say, uh, books that are non-fiction, you're going to get (laughs) non-fiction. If you go to fiction, you're going to get fiction. So the amazing experience that we have as human beings is to be able to tune in to how the the body and energy field stores information. Um, And it stores information vibrationally. So essentially, an energy reading is an intuitive interpretation of what is happening in the energy field. Now, that vibrational information is our most consistent thoughts, feelings, understanding, 
feelings, beliefs, perceptions about the universe. It also um, holds tremendous um, information about our conditioning, the possibility of previous incarnations. Now, those patterns are held in place um, in the body. So, essentially, the body doesn't lie. Um, an energy reading offers you uh, an opportunity to reclaim your power and start to understand that if there's certain things that you believe in and those beliefs are very powerful, well then of course you're going to start to uh, attract tremendous like energy to yourself. Now of course the chakras um, or the energy centers are the main hub of that library. Second to that, we have information that's held in the form of vibration behind the body, mm-hmm. in front of the body, to the right, to the left, the upper part of the body, as well as the lower part of the body. Now, depending on where the energy patterns are placed in our energy field, of course, signifies what is occurring. Now, anything behind the body is to do with the non-physical um, universe, it's also to do with our past, things leaving our lives, um, our conditioning, anything in front of the body is to do with our future aspect or the possibility of um, manifesting a certain frequency, a certain vibration. Mm-hmm. Now the body itself is what we call the now moment. Mm-hmm. The right side is where we hold the cognitive the masculine, the 3D world, the physical dimension of our world, and also what we have been taught rather than what we inherently know. The left side holds patterns around the feminine, the more um, intuitive, it's our inner landscape. It's essentially where we know something is right for us. So, for example, if there are um, more patterns um in, say, the energy field of, of um, someone on the left side, it can often indi- indicate that no matter what their external life looks like, the, the space that is their powerful um, self is essentially in, in the experience of I want to follow what is right for me. I am more intuitive. Um, I am artistic. It's okay for me to really give power to the part of me that knows rather than go off and spend, you know, three, four years um, studying something that is already um, fixed in, um, in this in this vibrational universe, in this 3D world. So... Even though, of course, you know, there are many, many configurations of patterns, and some of the patterns are very archetypal. Um, they represent the unconscious patterns that don't just belong to us personally. They actually belong to humanity and the universe. Now, the upper body is very, very expressive of essentially following our heart. The lower body is very expressive of of the physical, of the stability that we find in if we can see it, we believe it, rather than our beliefs shape what we can see. So there are different 
of ways of, of really starting to experience what's happening in your body. So an energy reading is, is in many ways um, a synopsis or a summary of the, those inherent patterns. Now, of course, what is experienced in, in an energy reading is there to empower the person to follow their own wisdom. It's not that I know and someone else doesn't. It's often that when we, when we hear the possibilities arise, then we can make a choice on what possibilities feel the most consistent with our heart, with our inner reality. So how do we marry this and work with our own personal vibrations to transform our lives? Well, the beautiful thing is that, um, and, you know, bear in mind, too, this is over, say, 20, 23 years of, of working as an energy intuitive, that people very rarely come to have an energy session if they don't have a knowing of what is truly right. Okay, they may not be able to say, okay, on the spot, this is what I, this is what I want but they can often feel that there is something in their life um, that needs to be transformed. So essentially, an energy reading will highlight what you already know and sometimes articulating um, and, and hearing it um, really brings back that focus to, okay, so I knew that. So it's okay for me to really follow that reality. Bear in mind too that the the future isn't fixed. The um, the future is essentially our most um, our most reliable experience of what we're experiencing now. So we can transform our perceptions, our understanding, our ability to be in the now and hence transform our future. So essentially, the only thing that exists is, is the now moment. So if we looked at, a, at the future being a now plus a now plus a now plus a now gives you the future. The past in the energy field, even though of course it exists as, as patterns, we can really start to transform our perception of what occurred in the past and what we were shown um, inwardly uh, to be our knowing and hence transform where our lives are going. So essentially we create from that inner space of knowing and the more we can give power to that knowing, the more reliable our personal manifestation of our universe. Whereas often what we do is we tend to manifest by default. Mm. And the default being, well, I was told, you know, when I was four years old that this is the way it is. So we become um, almost like children in grown-up bodies where we start to um, subjugate our own power to a certain belief system, a certain way. And even though um, having tremendous respect for our background, our culture, our, our mother, our father, our caregivers, um, our family, we do need to come to a place where we start to make our own 
experience of our reality um, first and foremost. So that becomes our personal vibration. And, and even though it sounds very, very simple, our personal vibration cannot be someone else's personal vibration. Mm. It needs to be our own uh, way of perceiving, understanding, and those are the conclusions we can come to by really owning our inner power. So if we had a block, let's, for example, to manifest prosperity in our lives, and that was an energy pattern that we've carried from perhaps childhood or even a past life, how could this be used or to transform or change our vibrations in order to create what we want, let's say a prosperity life, mindset or a prosperous life? Okay. Our essence doesn't change. Okay, so even though the vibrational frequency of our body and our energy field changes our essence. Once again, going back to that library, if we looked at our physical, emotional, mental and spiritual aspects being the totality of our being, so those are the four main sections. If we have a belief that we are not enough on a physical level, or an emotional, mental, or even spiritual level, of course that's going to manifest in our lives in a number of ways. So when we're looking at um, abundance, if we bring it back down to an energetic imbalance, which absolutely is a block, then we can start to understand that it's not really, we're not talking about money, we're actually talking about an inherent belief that may have been a conditioning absolutely of I am not enough. Therefore, we manifest not enough money, not enough time, not enough space, not enough friends, not enough love. So essentially what we're seeing in our universe, our own personal universe, is a manifestation of our most consistent understanding of that lack of enough. Now, what's also interesting, in the energy field, the solar plexus becomes extremely um, inactive um, when we uh, feel that somehow we are not enough. And of course, by changing that sense of understanding and belief that perhaps it's not that I need more money, I need more or more um, more time. It's that sense of I am who I am. Yes, I believe in myself. And this is all solar plexus um, affirmations. I believe in myself. Of course I can stand on my own two feet. I understand what I've been taught, but right now I am, I will, I can, I can do this. Then our vibration, and you could probably feeling, uh, be feeling that in your body as we speak, then our vibration starts to open up to the possibilities that in this moment when we change what we perceive, even though we were taught totally different, when we change what we perceive, then we can start to look at the levels of abundance. And those levels aren't necessarily a right or wrong thing. It's more that if we want more time in our day, well then, with time, we can bend it. We can say, well, actually, I can have more space. I can have more time. I can have more money in the bank. I can have 
more because I understand that I am enough. I am more. I am all that is. And yet from that place, we move out of being a victim to our creation and move into being a creator, which we are. We have our God, Goddess, all that is presence within us. So there is so much power that is who we are rather than we are the power just in our belief or in our physical life or we are the power just in our emotional life. Essentially, we are the, as I often say, we are the background, not what's happening in the foreground. Mm-hmm. We're the background, we're the canvas, we're the, the empty canvas. And every single moment we're painting a picture. Mm-hmm. And if that picture, if, you know, if we start to observe that the picture's just black and white, well, then we have the paintbrush. So we can choose anything in the moment. Now, science is starting to look at this as well. Um, and definitely behavioural uh, scientists uh, are starting to understand that the law, uh, the universal law of repetition brings in that sense of that whatever we repeat on a day-to-day basis becomes our reality. And it, it can take something like, I think it's 20 to 25 repetitions for the central nervous system to pick up the vibration of, well, this is a habit now. I can I can keep uh, rewriting what I need to, but essentially there's a basic pattern um, that has been rewritten when we can, through the law of repetition, repeat what is right for us. Now, of course, it isn't enough that the universe supports us just on a belief level. So if you looked at the universe, you know, um, and it's beautiful, it watches us all the time um, because it's essentially who we are. But what we say needs to match with our actions. So when we make an intention inwardly and we say, yes, I am enough, well, then it's almost as if we want to feel enough, be enough, act enough, do enough. And hence that changes so much of what comes back to us. So essentially... We attract from that inner space of of um, essence, and from that place, then everything can come um, to us. And that's beautiful. It's been beautifully put too. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this. Now you talk about the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual levels of being. Yes. Could you elaborate a bit on that, and also the connection and the grounding? Yes. Okay. So if we we look at we are not just a body. We are not a head on a body. Mm-hmm. I think those are the words of Descartes Tolley. Mm-hmm. But there's um, a sense that we are the essence that connects the physical, emotional, mental and spiritual um, aspect of our being. So when we look at our physical life, even though we could say, well, I have that in my physical life, therefore I must believe this. Mm -hmm. Essentially, it's not always, the physical on its own is not always a very accurate perception of where we're manifesting from. It can be because, you know, the physical is, is denser than, let's say, the spiritual, and it takes 
a longer period of time to manifest something physically. So there's a sense that when we look at our physical, as, as funny as this sounds, when we look at our physical universe, we're actually seeing our history. So if I were to rely on just what I see on a physical level, I could be deceived. I could be deceived that um, perhaps that is where I'm creating from. So if we looked at the physical being the most dense part of our reality, and of course um, we manifest the physical um, as the physical from the first, second and third chakra. Okay, it's very, very important to stay grounded in that space. Now, the emotional level of our being is essentially the, the field um, around us that is expressive of our emotional well-being. Now, the interesting thing is that often we um, say yes to emotions that are totally detrimental to our energetic well-being just through habit, just through conditioning. Now, of course, the, um, the mental is the composite, always the, the summary of every thought every experience we have on a mental level. Now, it's not uncommon for individuals to, to come into my practice that live primarily in their mind. So, of course, there's a disconnection between their mind and their heart or their mind and their body. Now, the spiritual forms in my understanding and definitely in my research over the, the last um, two decades, um, of researching energy consciousness and body-mind healing, that the spiritual is essentially where we hold our essence. So we do um, come back home to the spiritual. Now, what's very, very important is that we hold the grounding and we start to understand, not mentally, but on a, on a deeper level, that we are spiritual, that is our home, we are spiritual beings having a human experience rather than we are human beings having a bit of a spiritual experience. Now this is so powerful um, when it comes to our, our power of manifesting what we desire in our lives. Because often if we just rely on the physical to manifest from, it's almost as if we're painting half the picture mm. rather than the full picture. Mm. So it is important to stay grounded, and by grounded, essentially, we are aware of our body, we are aware of our intuition. So when we speak of grounding, it's not just on a physical level, it's we're grounding our ability to heal, we're grounding our ability to be in the present moment. So grounding equals present moment awareness, and that's very, very important in our power of manifestation and attracting things to us that resonate with our inner being. Now, of course, if we look at the body, our grounding tool of being in the body, if we look at the legs, the feet, the base chakra, which has a lot to do with our survival, our experiences. I am here now. I have a right to be here now. Our second chakra, um, energy center that has so much to do with our finances, the material world, the way we relate to the environment, to other people. Um, and whether we hold on or whether we flow with 
um, with change, with um, uh, our, our, essentially our lives, whether we're in flow or we're out of flow, that second chakra territory. And then the third chakra has a lot to do with our ability to individuate, our ability to, to stay present with ourselves. So when we're looking at grounding, it is important to reclaim three things, and that is I have a right to stand on my own two feet. I have a right to be here. I was born at the perfect time because the universe makes no mistakes. Therefore, I know I am a manifestation of that perfection. And from that place, I can create my world the way I feel is right for me. I have a right to feel my own essence and yet to go out in the world, second chakra, to go out in the world and not lose myself to, to uh, the, the physical world. I come back to me and I flow between the invisible world and the visible world and I find peace in being able to flow. Where I see something in my universe that doesn't match my inner world, I have the power to create, the power to change that, that flow. At any time, I'm in power of my choices. That also is throat chakra. Um, but essentially, we ground our ability to flow and to change in the second chakra. Third chakra is I have a right to be myself. I listen to what others perceive and I so honour other people's experiences, perceptions, understandings. Um, I honour my conditioning, but I come back to knowing what is right for me. So there's a sense of grounding the experience of our everyday reality um, through the body. So when we're looking at grounding the physical, emotional, mental and spiritual, it's essentially very, very important to start off with the grounding through the lower chakras. And of course, you know, it becomes, uh, after a little while, it actually becomes a way of life. So when we make that, that connection, that intention, um, so we place inner attention on something that we're wanting to, um, to ground in our lives. So grounding has a lot to do with our power of manifestation. And so the technique for that would be to affirm, say these affirmations for each chakra, each of the three. Affirmation is very, very important. What's even more important is that you believe your affirmation. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I encourage individuals to start to believe their knowing so if we're saying something like, I'll use me as an example here, if I'm saying, I, I am at peace, yeah, I'm at peace in knowing who I am in this moment, because you can only ever change this moment, um, and as this moment changes, your world changes through that inner practice of grounding. So you're actually grounding on a physical level, absolutely. You're grounding on an emotional level, so you're really lining up all your emotions in this moment, going, no matter what I'm taught, no matter what went on, I trust that in this moment I can, I can be what my mind truly believes in its heart of what I need to be. So there's a sense of 
when we're looking at techniques, it's important to not just have a mental technique. So if you look at the physical, um, emotional, mental, spiritual, being more like a domino effect. They're not really separate realities. They're one, they're part of that one library, different sections in that library, absolutely, but they're all connected through that line of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the techniques can be um, mental, connecting to emotional, so you're feeling good about in this moment being at peace, you're creating the, the energy, the feeling, and of course using your breath to create that. And then when you go out in your world, whether it be to an office job, whether it be, um, you know, a stay-home mum, each moment, even though your external reality can sometimes be a bit overwhelming, it can for all of us, in this moment, you say, no, this is good. I have, I can reach. I can reach deep within me to feel the goodness that I am. So I'm going to go with the goodness that I am in this moment. So you have affirmation, you have intention, and then you have what we call embodiment. Now, embodiment just means in the body. Mm. So we're looking at the energetics of language. It's in the body. Yes, so you're creating the experience you want to manifest in the body. How's it going to feel? How's it, how's it going to look? How's it going to um, be experienced? And of course, you know, it's wonderful. Um, and you see it when you look into a flower or you just observe a flower. A flower makes no excuses for being a flower. A flower just goes, hi, this is who I am. It surrenders. Well, it doesn't have a mind other than the mind of the universe. It surrenders its need to fix, sort out, dissect, all of that, and it's totally at one in the moment. So a flower embodies the vibrational frequency of its essence, which is flower. And, you know, even though it sounds, once again, to the mind, it sounds quite peculiar, when we go, okay, I'm me right now, so I will feel what is right for me. I will do what is right for me. I will manifest from that place of I am enough. I will create peace where there is no peace. Then we can really start to bridge the gap in this 3D world. Sometimes we could see the gap between the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. It's beautiful, and I, yes, I always notice that the problem with it is the flower doesn't have an ego, but the human has the ego body as well, and so that's what gets into the way. Now, when you talk about energy consciousness in the body, how could we decode the language of energy consciousness? Okay, so when we're looking at energy consciousness, very simply put, it's essentially we live in a vibrational universe. So everything is energy. Now what, what differs is the vibrational frequency or rather the speed at what something or someone is, is resonating or vibrating. So if you looked at the difference between um, our bodies and let's say this table in, in the room I'm sitting in, it's all energy, but it looks different because it's resonating at a totally different frequency. So sometimes we get um, um, we get a little bit frightened by the word consciousness, as if something you know is out there. So if we brought it back to 
energy consciousness in the body is essentially just looking at things um, on a vibrational level, on an energetic level. So if we looked at the, the body understanding so much of what's going on within itself. So, for example, the lungs don't ever say to the ego, and you brought that up, which is beautiful, can you teach me how to do lungs? Can you teach me how to breathe? It, it doesn't do that. The body is in the moment. It is so resonant with the language of energy because essentially that's its first language. It's not dissimilar to someone who speaks, let's say, Chinese as their first language. Their first language almost um, comes as a natural inclination of who they are. So that's where they go for the information, for the understanding. So when we look at decoding the language of energy in the body, all we're really wanting to do is start, A, to live in the body. How can we do that more? The breath is a tremendous ally in that. So even just you know taking a nice deep breath, coming into the body as we breathe, and then using our intuition to source our, um, our, our truth in that moment in the body. So if we looked at intuition being our inner tuition or our inner wisdom, inner wisdom works with the subconscious mind. It works with the universal mind. But very simply put, it's that first 45-second sort of break that we have when we uh, ask something or when we ask something of ourselves, it's the very first intuitive impulse, intuitive information that comes in in that first 45 seconds. And, and it's quite amazing because even with someone who lives more in the mind, if you ask them, what did you get first? They remember it. <laughs> They often remember because their body's remembering, okay? So when we're looking at feeling our body, being grounded in our body, and really starting to work with energy in our body, if we can take a deep breath, go into that first thought, first, and sometimes it is an intuitive um, thought that comes in, that first 45 seconds, if we can keep going back to that understanding, well, then we can really connect with the energy consciousness in the body because, you know, it's almost like it's a radio that's always on. What we do with our ego, with our mind, is we tend to just turn the volume down or off mm. or even press that pause button. So if you looked at that, um, energy consciousness is always speaking to us. What changes when the ego's in charge is that the volume's either turned off turns right down low or we're not really in that moment, in, in this moment, to hear what's actually happening in the body. Mm. And, and even if we do hear, common, yeah. a common mistake we make is that we don't trust what's coming and then we don't act on it. Absolutely. Mm. And what's beautiful in that, um, Gail, is that it's the ego that doesn't trust. So once again, if we brought it back down to, okay, I am me in this moment, many, many of us, um, we are uh, deluded possibly or deceived somewhat because we become the me that's actually the ego me. Mm. 
<laughs> so if you ask the ego whether it's safe to be in the moment, the ego would probably go, well, no, the moment doesn't exist. What exists is your future and your past. What exists is your mind. You know, listen to those thoughts. You, you know what happened last time, so you don't need to go there. How can you possibly trust what's happening now? Because you know what may happen in the future, fear, um, what, what has happened in the past, fear. So if we're listening to the fear, then you're right, we, we don't trust. Whereas if we have an awareness that the fear is playing out, voices in our mind, we all have them no matter how aware we are, starting to train the ego, which is the little self, to stand aside even in this moment that you, you, your true essence, have the right to believe in this moment and to trust what, what is coming through intuitively. Now, intuitive messages can be, they can be felt sense messages. They can be kinesthetic, as in you feel them in the body. They can be clairaudient, which means you hear them in your mind. And you may, you know, feel them as well. And um, also visionary. They can come in as flashes, inspiration, or you can, uh, you know, some people are a lot more visual in their intuitive um, understanding of themselves. Other individuals essentially get a little bit of each. So uh, when we talk about energy consciousness and decoding that in the body as well, it's like it has a certain um, map, and that map is so, uh, as paradox as it sounds, it's actually quite logical once you start to live that way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, okay, well, I felt this, so I'm going to go with my thought feeling. Mm-hmm. It can be that easy. And, well, I was taught that, but right now I'm not going to go with my mind because my mind's still in training. It's got training wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with what felt right. And then, of course, as we master our own lives and energy consciousness, we start to understand how really we're here to develop an intelligent heart rather than separate the mind, ego, from the body, heart. Now, now supposing we had uh, someone, uh, it could be any kind of relationship, and we couldn't change that, meaning we have to be in that relationship, whether it is a boss, employee, employer, or even family member, or, or um, um, a friend, which is... So how does one, supposing you're sensing a bad vibration and you're paying, you're honoring it, you're giving it attention, and yet you can't get rid of that relationship, how could one transform or how does one deal with it? We always have choice. So even if our external situations are given, you know, often um, there are situations in our lives that we are not able to change like that at a click of a finger. But what we can do is we can change our perception of what is happening. So essentially, if you looked at the body and kinesiology um, through muscle testing mm-hmm. has proven this over and over again, that where the body is centered, where we are empowered in the moment, whether it be with a boss, whether it be with our family, in a relationship, where we are living our destiny in the moment and being true to ourselves, our muscles are actually, they test strong. Mm-hmm. Whereas where we're losing power, 
they test weak. Mm. So there's a sense that you, what you can do is you can still bring in that universal law of change and affirm that in this moment, even though that is what's happening, I understand, for example, the boss, I understand what he or she is saying to me, but in this moment, I not only speak my mind, I also speak my heart. It is safe for me to get things off my chest, get things off my back, once again, bringing in the body-mind. Um, it is safe for me to change my perception of what is happening in this moment. I am not a victim of circumstance. I am not a victim in this moment. What I can do is A, B, C, D, given the um, external situation. So if we go back to we are always in charge of our thoughts. The very fact that we perceive that our thoughts have power over us is essentially an illusion. And that's possibly where we need to start, which is in this moment, in our body, no matter what is happening on, on the external level, we are manifesting from source in our body. So whatever we perceive in this moment, which can sometimes be quite um, um, jolting because our external reality doesn't always match what we feel in this moment. So in any situation, it's more our perception, our understanding that we have a right to have our own perceptions about this moment, even though our external reality can be quite disempowering or it can appear to be disempowering. And I've also learned that if we can hold true to our heart, even if someone is very, very upset or angry or they go about their business and they're up and down and round about, if we can stay in the heart, which is stay in the eye of the storm, keep breathing, focus into our inner world, then we can bring a lot more peace to the moment and feel more empowered about changing our external life as well. So the more we change our perception at this moment, the more power we have um, in changing our external situation. And sometimes all it takes is a choice, a choice to say, okay, this is what I am going to do. As a result of the universe giving me feedback, which it does, gives us feedback on how we're going in that um, process of manifestation by our lives. So if we're getting, for example, in a week, if we're getting 15 messages, by different messages, of course, messengers uh, might change, uh, but the message is one of powerlessness. It's the universe, and the universe is such a benevolent um, consciousness, supporting us to say, are you sure you want to be feeling like this all the time? Are you sure this is what you're wanting to create from? Mm. Mm. That's great. Thank you. Now, on that note, we'll be back after a short break. Stay tuned. Welcome back. We've got a caller on the call today who would love to ask Makita Gabriel a question. Welcome to the call, Helen. Hi. Uh, hi, Gabriel. Hello. Hi, Helen. Hi. Um, okay, can I ask a question now? You can, absolutely. Okay, um, my question is, um, I just got my appraisal recently, and I actually got, a, um, a quite, I got quite a good appraisal and I got promotion as well as a good increment. But at the same time, um, uh, one of my colleagues also resigned, and I'm actually taking her portfolio. So, um, but without all this, in, actually, I'm, um, 
it's not that you don't know what you want to do. Um, it's that there is change on the horizon and possibly as a little girl, honey, you, you learn to fear the unknown. So there's a pattern, that second pattern that you're fearing is all about fear and control. So sometimes what we fear the most, we try to control, uh, even if it's through submission or staying in, a, in an environment that we know has, you know, gone um, a long time ago, but we're, we're almost forcing ourselves to stay in an environment that really doesn't bring out the best in us. So I would encourage you to follow your heart. You're definitely on the right track here. New horizons with, with work. Also different levels of creativity that are going to start to play out, which is just exquisite. And you not only have the universe backing you, you have the colours around you, and you also have tremendous ability here to work with your mind and hands as well. So whatever you're doing, and you're amazing with people, Helen. So this is very, very important that you start to open up that part of you that is so amazing. And really, honey, what you're giving up is a sense of what's not right for you. And yes, okay. Makita, Helen had a desire to become a writer. Yeah, yeah. this is actually yeah. my direction. Because yeah. um, for my job, I mean, for the job search that I'm doing, I'm actually yeah. targeting the publishing um, industry that I can actually do as a platform for to start, um, to start off a, a new career in writing. What's, what's beautiful is that you have, you know how we spoke about the solar plexus being wide awake here. Now, solar plexus can sometimes indicate, especially the uh, wakefulness that you have, the, the vibration you have uh, around you, it can sometimes signify having your own company, having your own setup, really moving forward. So really what you have at the moment is the universe supporting with you, you're just finding time. So you take whatever experience brings out the best in you and you know that you have what it takes. We're talking about the innate wisdom of, of your body really communicating that it's okay to trust in yourself, it's okay to follow your instincts, it's okay to do what you've come to do. So if you looked at your cosmic job description, is to follow your heart and write. But you might also find that there is tremendous opportunity for you around having your own business. Now, it may start quite small, and that's okay, because essentially you are, this is your apprenticeship. But your apprenticeship isn't working as an employee, even though, of course, you can choose that and honour the company that you work with. Your apprenticeship is essentially one with the universe, which is, Follow your wisdom, follow your gut feeling. You know, you definitely have talent here. So I would be believing um, in yourself so much that you take the steps. And remember, it doesn't matter the, uh, how big the steps are um, because there's no one judging us other than ourselves, our minds. But essentially what you're doing is you're, um, you're allowing yourself to follow your own wisdom. Thank you, Helen. Thank you for your question and thank you for joining us on the call. Yes, thank you, Gabriel. Uh, thank you, Gabriel.
Okay, Makita, could you share a bit about the Pari and the amazing work you do? Okay. Well, I have two loves. I have two passions. Um, the energy consciousness um, and definitely the, the energy intuitive um, reading, which have really transformed into energy wellness consultations, which I have offered um, for the last couple of decades. It feels so long when I say it that way. Now, 10 years ago, I was inspired, or about 15 years ago, I was inspired to take the knowledge that I, um, I was shown a step further. Now, of course, um, that impetus to uh, go that next stage isn't always um, activated by a happy experience in our life. Sometimes it can be. For me, I was at a, a very strong uh, point of transformation in my own life where I was starting to perceive a bit of a chasm in my work. And as much as I loved the energy consciousness side and the energy wellness, it was almost like I wanted to empower individuals to clear their own blocks to become energetically well themselves. Um, now, that alongside some health um, problems I was having at the time inspired me to create. I have a passion for exercise and fitness um, as well as energy. It inspired me to create Power E. Mm -hmm. So um, Power E is a series of wellness workouts. Now, in the early days, there were 12 um, 12 postures that came through to form the foundational postures of, of Power E. Now, each of the postures um, grounds, releases, activates, centers, energizes the energy field. Now, of course, it does that um, in, in a way where you can allow the breath to align with the body and you can move in unison with the breath. So each posture really supports people to come into their body, but also helps them to um, exercise and meditate at the same time. Now, the breathing we use in Pari is a circular form of breathing known as the circle of life, where we're connecting the in-breath with the out-breath. Now, that circular flow of vitality really supports our understanding that the breath isn't just something mechanically that we do, that with every breath we are being inspired to be everything that we are and create from that place. So Power isn't just an exercise uh, or a wellness um, workout. It's essentially a way of, of bridging the gap between our physical, emotional, mental and spiritual selves. And what it does is it supports us to become energetically well. Beautiful. Mm. Mm, that's beautiful, amazing work. Thank you. Makita, just before we finish the call, do you have any insight at all for all our listeners out there? I follow my intuition as much as my mind can still jump ahead. Intuitively, I feel that anyone that has been guided to listen um, to this session is being guided to really follow that no matter what has happened to them in their life, if they looked at what was happening in the last couple of days and the messages that they were being offered in the last couple of days, 
Now, remember, messages come to us or our gifts, um, our lessons, they come to us in the form of um, life lessons or patterns or people coming into our lives. So for anyone listening, if you were in this moment to take a really deep breath and say, okay, how have I been underestimating myself? What part of my life, what area of my life do I find that I lose so much energy to and identify that and really start to transform that part of your life, not by focusing on what doesn't work, but you focus on what you're wanting to create rather than what you're wanting to shift. Because when you focus on how you're wanting to create and what you're wanting to do, the very good vibes and the good feeling of, of what is working for you literally flows into the area that you're wanting to transform. Remember that you are not broken, so you don't ever need fixing. All you want to do is become more of what you are wanting in your life. So use that area of transformation to inspire not only well-being, understanding, follow your intuition without hesitation. Because when you follow your intuition without hesitation, your body is strong, your energy field is strong, and through that law of attraction, you can not only be inspired to attract to you essentially what is your birthright, but you can inspire others by living the life that you were, were guided to live. So listen to your inner guidance. And also know that the experiences you're having, no matter how you gauge them or judge them, essentially they are there as an ally, not as an enemy. And um, we don't ever need to shoot the messenger. Um, we can be inspired to go, okay, so what is the universe showing me? through my life right now. And that area to transform is always your gift. So if you looked at the gift and the wound or the gift and the problem uh, being one coin, different sides. So you choose what side of the coin you want to play with. That was so powerful, Makita. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for taking time off your busy schedule and granting us this interview. We are truly honored and blessed. Thank you for joining us, Makita. Thank you. You're so welcome. And to everyone listening, thank you. Um, because without you, I wouldn't be here. So thank you. Thank you.